0: Welcome back to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, everybody. If you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream video drops. Please help out the algorithm. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, grow the channel a little more. Only about 40-something percent of you guys are subscribed. That's a bigger number than before. But please, if you are not subscribed, please subscribe. Help us out the channel. You guys get some great content in return. So... This is Cowboys week. Really, a day before the Cowboys matchup. And it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting one. I think this matchup, personally... And I'll do opening thoughts and the injury report. Practice squad protections. Obviously, you guys see the list if you're on YouTube. Uh, Just as a quick reminder, if you're on Spotify, Podbean, and all these other platforms, please follow the podcast. But I think this might be the tone setter towards... What the Giants may be in 2021. And I'm not saying. Oh they're not going to win any more games. If they lose this game. No I'm not going to say that. But it will prove. The Saints game to either be. Oh my god. They won a real game. Or it will prove to be. Well this was a fluke. So. I understand that Dallas is a tough team then again that tone can change because the Rams look beatable I'm not saying the Giants will beat them but the way they played against Seattle and the way their defense gave up two touchdowns to Geno Smith it's either Geno Smith is a very good backup or it's oh my god the Rams defense is just putrid which is something I didn't expect coming into the season but screw my expectations so this may be a tone setter I know we're in week five but this is a winning season and Giants fans will go back to being miserable, and I don't blame them, if the Giants lose this week. Now, does it depend on necessarily, oh, we lost by 5, or we lost by 12? I think it's going to depend on that, but at the same time, it's a winning season. Giants fans don't want to see, oh, we're building. No. 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 So, let's go to the injury report got some game statuses for you and i will talk about it a little bit so sterling shepherd darius slayton and jabril peppers the hamstring crew are all out on sunday versus the dallas cowboys pepper's a big one in my opinion uh also he's a punt returner so Kadarius tony will be taking that role i will be very excited to see that Peppers does not return kicks. It is C.J. Board that does that, so he's going to stay where he is planted. Ben Bradison is also out with a hand injury, so Matt Scuro will continue playing the left guard spot until he gets injured or until Bradison comes back or until Scurro starts playing like garbage, but we'll see what happens there. And questionable Andrew Thomas with a foot injury. This one, I don't know how to take it. I, I can't make heads or tails of it. I know he heard it against the Saints. I mean, that's just straight facts. However, with that being said, the beat media likes to exaggerate all this stuff. Always oh, he's limping, he's not gonna play this and the other thing. Always oh, doubtful. It's gonna be a game time decision. Shouts the buddy at Clapback Sports, Murph. He basically said, "Yeah, he's gonna play." He's going to play. Everybody's over-exaggerating about it. So I hope he does play. If he doesn't play, though, or if he gets limited snaps, start-map pair to left tackle. I am done seeing Nate Solder at left tackle. I saw two years of that. And now that he's even regressed even more, I'm not ready to see that. I don't want to see that because I personally guarantee you, and this is not, oh, you're a hater of Daniel Jones or anything like that. You you want bad stuff to happen to Daniel Jones. No. No. Daniel Jones, I feel, is the franchise quarterback at this point. Why would I want to I to say, oh, Daniel Jones This any other thing? I've been one of the bigger believers in Daniel Jones. However, if Nate Solder starts at left tackle against the Cowboys, he will get his shit wrecked, and Daniel Jones will at least fumble once. And it would not be a good sign. But it's not just on Solder, it's on the coaching staff. Because paired, I believe... Didn't play that bad against the Broncos. Maybe one or two bad snaps. But why has he been sitting out the last three weeks? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And I bring this up all the time. You had one of the worst defenses in Atlanta. And their best edge rusher is Dante Fowler. You could not play him against Dante Fowler. So now if Solder gets hurt or you feel the time is right, you're going to be facing some tough edge rushers at some point. I don't know what week they're going to play him, but, you know, I wish I had a crystal ball. So for Dallas, very promising on their end. Their injury report, or at least the injury report that is important, not just, oh, he's, you know, limited or this, that, and the other thing. Amari Cooper... Was suffering through a hamstring injury. Was going through a hamstring injury. Dorian Armstrong with an ankle injury. Ezekiel Elliott was limited. As well, I think it was on Thursday, but Friday he was back in practicing. So, and Donovan Wilson with a groin injury. So, uh, real quickly, for Ezekiel Elliott, he's going to play. Randy Gregory is going to play. Amari Cooper is going to play. So, Do- uh, Donovan Wilson may not and Dorrance Armstrong may not, but I don't necessarily think that that's the greatest effect on the edge position for the Cowboys because Micah Parsons is playing more edge from what I hear. They also have Osa Digizua on the interior to generate some pass rush, so it's not the worst thing in the world. But then again, the Cowboys are 3-1, and one, so they really don't have a lot of stuff to worry about. So for practice squad protections... For the Giants, I didn't see any for the Cowboys. If I missed for the Cowboys, please tell me in the chat or please tell me in the comments. For the Giants, same as last week, David Moa, Dante Pettis, Corey Cunningham, and Jonathan Harrison. If Andrew Thomas is out, I think they should elevate Corey Cunningham. It would only be for a game. But if you're not too confident in Matt Parrott, why would you be so confident, you know, I don't know it's just like if you're not too confident in matt pair why would you not bring up Corey cunningham so i don't know very stingy situation very stingy situation now let's go to positional matchups so this one's gonna be interesting but let's go right into it as every week i do it quarterback running back whatever position And I say, okay, on paper, this team is better, but on the field, with production, this team is better. Obviously, what's on the field and the production of that unit is better and is more valuable than what's on paper. So for the quarterback position, Dallas takes both. Daniel Jones, in my opinion, has not enough touchdowns, passing touchdowns, and Dak has... He's been good this year. Their pass rate is actually one of the lowest in the league. But when he gets the ball, he's making some good throws, you know, going back to himself. And there's a lot of weapons around him that are really succeeding. Dalton Schultz, who would have ever thought that he would have been one of the better tight ends in the NFL right now? Cowboys fans can say, oh, well, this is the best tight end tandem in the NFL. We'll see. We'll see, there's Blake Jarwin there as well, but from what I read in the stats, he's been one of the forgotten ones, so anyway, Dallas takes both on that one, running back, I'm going to take the New York Giants on paper, however, I'm going to take slightly, very slightly, the Dallas Cowboys in the running back room, because Tony Pollard, he has been good all year, Ezekiel Elliott. Not many expected him to go off against Carolina, and he did. He had 175 rushing yards, I believe. If not, you know, something less than that. But he had 30 carries, I believe. So that was a big chunk. And then Tony Pollard behind him had at least four or five yards per carry. So that kind of tells you, hey, listen, you know, Zeke can light up the fire for the Cowboys offense. But when he's not producing, Tony Pollard's also there. And the Giants really didn't do a good job last week of stopping Alvin Kamara. So, we'll see what happens this week. In terms of wide receivers, I'm going to go with New York Giants on paper. Dallas slightly on the field. Because Dallas is CeeDee Lamb. He's their leading receiver. Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson has been factoring in there ever since the Gallup injury. But they like him. They've been factoring him in even when Gallup was not injured. But they have slightly better production than the Giants because, as we all know, Sterling Shepard was out a week. Kenny Galladay, you know, he's still not at that 10 catch mark. He's been heating up. I'm not taking that away from him. But the offensive involvement has been mad Kadarius Tony didn't get involved fully until the Saints game. John Ross, you know, there's a lot of stuff you could talk about there. But I think Dallas's production is slightly better. Now you take a look at the tight end room on paper. Everyone's going to ask, oh, who's Blake Jarwin? Who's Dalton Schultz? On paper, the Giants win that battle, but on the field, Dallas wins that battle. Dalton Schultz, I believe, is their third best receiver this year. And he's been unexpected. I had no idea that this guy was going to be a great target like he is. Blake Jarwin, he's been in there. I think he's the tight end, too. Shoutouts to lundo wells the former giants tight ends coach but with that being said it matters what's on the field and the giants haven't really had any tight end production you all know, evan ingram he dropped two passes i think or he dropped one and fumbled one in the last two weeks caden smith has not been factored into the offense and kyle rudolph has been a ghost and then he's on the field, and he's catching 20-yard passes downfield. So, I'm obviously going to go with Dallas on there. In terms of the O-line, both of us going to Dallas. It's really interesting, and somewhat surprising, but it's not, that Dallas is actually playing at a high level on the offensive line, knowing last year was a total shit show. Um, in terms of Dallas on paper, obviously everybody knows the common names of Lyle Collins, even though he's not playing this week due to the suspension. Uh, Zach Martin, Tyrant Smith, those are the basic household names that any fan should know, honestly. Now, you take a look at their O line, what the Giants will be facing this week they'll be facing Tyrant Smith, Connor McGovern, Tyler Bytish, who really has been the weakest point for them, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. Apparently, Steele has stepped up his gameplay, he was their starting left tackle for most of the season last year or was right tackle i think it was right tackle but he's played at both spots don't let that fool you in terms of d-line giants on paper scare you dexter lawrence leonard williams but production hasn't been there leonard williams i understand you know off script and off the stat sheet he's been all over the field making tackles and getting to the quarterback and stuff like that but osa digizua has really surprised me the defensive tackle out of UCLA he surprised me he surprised me he has two and a half sacks he has the first or second most pressures among rookies so that's how you get to the quarterback and the Dallas defense per ranks is not really that good their run game is the only thing statistically that is good other than that it's not great but I'm pretty sure they're up there in sacks and pressures you know Micah Parsons Terrell Basham has sort of stepped up as a role player. Osa Digizu, as I just mentioned. So it's going to be interesting to see if they get to the quarterback this week. But in terms of linebackers, New York Giants on paper, Blake Martinez, Reggie Ragland, a decent backup. But in terms of linebacker production, I'm going to go with Dallas because the Giants, as of right now, don't have a real Mike linebacker. And I'm not taking away anything from Tay Crowder but however Micah Parsons is all you need to mention to say oh well the Cowboys their linebacker room is better so that's a story there in terms of cornerbacks Giants really haven't had any solid play cornerback this year on paper they're better but they're not on the field Trayvon Diggs he's had an interception all four of the games he had two I believe in week one He's been their best corner this year. I don't think their other corners are anything to talk about. Adoree Jackson, he's been good, but the problem is that why do I give this to Dallas? Is because they're not making plays on the football. They're not. Adoree Jackson, oh, incompletion rate of this, uh, uh, this many, this much passer rating. They're not making plays on the ball. There's no pass deflections. I don't think that the Giants defense was as it was last year making plays swatting passes forcing fumbles this and the other thing playing physical and that's a lot to say because they were very dedicated to zone coverage but I'm going to give it to the Dallas Cowboys because Trayvon Diggs has really stepped up this season and I didn't expect it hey I didn't expect it and Cowboy fans you can call me out on that one in terms of safeties I'll take the New York Giants on both Logan Ryan he's been okay But the safety room, from what I understand, is the weakest point on the Dallas defense or one of the weakest points other than some of the cornerbacks they have. So I'll take the Giants on both of them. Jabril Peppers has made a play here and there. Same thing with Logan Ryan. He's probably their best tackler, Logan Ryan, other than a couple other guys. But I think Logan Ryan's their best tackler. In terms of special teams, I'm going to go with the Giants on both, Graham Ganneau, Better kicker last year. Coming into this year, he only he only missed one. And that was in New Orleans. So, you know, whatever. Okay, so let's go into the 2021 stats and rankings. As usual, I do the away team, then the home team. Offense, defense, offense, defense. So, for the Giants, in terms of total yards, they rank 14th. In terms of passing offense, they rank 7th. And true story, you guys noticed that the audio caught off cut off just a bit because I split the clips. So what I had to do and this is a true story by the way. So what I had to do is I had to check, I'm like, wait a minute, the Giants offense is seventh and passing? So I looked that up, I'm like, that's that's very true. So anyway, Giants ranked seventh in passing offense They rank 21st in rushing offense, they need to get that going this week, but Dallas's run defense is one of the better ones in the league, they rank 6th early foreshadowing, and then they rank 23rd in points, so the Giants have to execute, if they're going to have any type of offense this week, they have to execute, and they have to execute in the red zone, can't be doing this 1 for 3 shit every week, and if you do that, you're going to keep losing games, and your defense going to give up points after every single drive you have to keep up with the defense and it's very hard but that's the status we're at right now in terms of the defensive side not very good other than points but in total yards they're 22nd and passing defense They're 20th and running defense They're 20th and in terms of points per game they're 15th you move to the dallas cowboys terms of their offense they rank third in total yards per game they rank 16th in passing offense second in running offense and fourth in points per game so the game is against the eagles and the week one game against the bucks that will tell you all you need to know about this dallas offense and the threat it is in terms of the defense they rank 26th in total yards 31st in passing defense, so Giants, you better take advantage of that this week. 6th in rushing defense, as I alluded to earlier. And then 16th in points per game. So, defense is very mixed. The offense, they do a lot of running. The pass rate, by the way, for the Dallas offense is 28th in the league. That's at 53.03%. Just something to add before we go into players to look at and things to watch out for. The Giants have 17 explosive plays in terms of 20-plus yard plays. More than 20-yard plays. Just a clarification. Dallas has 16, so they're up there. Two good passing offenses. I mean, for the running game, they've had some big plays. Probably more big plays than the Giants have. But in the passing game, they're like this. So... That tells you all you need to know about these two offenses and the potential. So the first guy we're going to look at is obviously Dak Prescott. He's got a 75.2 completion percentage this year. As I mentioned, take it with a grain of salt. And I'm not saying anything to degrade Dak Prescott, but they have the 28th best passer rate. So they run the ball a lot. But I'm not saying that Dak is carried by his run game at all. I mean, he did it. Basically, on a one man show last year. I mean, he had targets, but last year before the injury, Zeke wasn't Zeke. Anyway, well, I mean, he wasn't Zeke afterwards, but let's get to the point here. 75.2 completion percentage. He's 100 for 133, 1,066 yards, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, sacked 7 times, and yards per game average, he's at 280. And he averages about 8 yards per throw. So not bad. Not bad for Dak Prescott coming off of a serious leg injury. And for the Cowboys, I hope he stays healthy. For the Giants, well, we'll see what happens. Because we know what happened last time we were in Dallas. But I'm not going to say, oh, I hope he gets hurt. No, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not EDP. Anyway, for rushing attack, Ezekiel Elliott is their leading rusher. 64 attempts for 342 yards, 5.3 yards per carry, One big play in four rushing touchdowns this has to be one of the bigger starts to the season he's probably ever had in his career and that says something he really hasn't been the zeke of 2016 in my opinion since let's go back to you know 2016 as i mentioned but this has to be one of the bigger starts to the season he's had four rushing touchdowns tony Pollard, the guy behind him 37 carries, 250 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, two big plays, over 20 yards, and one touchdown. And then Corey Clement has three rushes, zero yards. Five is his longest, but it seems like they put him in there when it's a blowout or whenever they need to give Elliott and Pollard a rest. Now, in terms of receiving yards and receiving stats, C.D. Lamb. 20 receptions, 264 yards, and a touchdown. Amari Cooper, 22 receptions, 258 yards, and three touchdowns. Dalton Schultz, who stepped up big this year. 20 receptions, 201 yards, three touchdowns. Cedric Wilson, nine receptions, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Blake Jarwin, nine receptions, 89 yards, and one touchdown. Pollard Elliott, those guys get receptions behind those guys but those are the main four targets in my opinion that the Giants should focus on this week probably see a little bit of a Darius Williams and probably more than the last couple of weeks due to the fact that Darnay Holmes really can't play man coverage and can't be sticking to zone all of these times so as I mentioned the O-line Tyron Smith Connor McGovern Tyler Bitish Zach Martin Terrence Steele I mentioned the Stats on the explosive plays, I also mentioned the pass rate, the Giants are 12th in pass rate, 61.54%, so keep an eye on that. So, with that being said, move to the defensive side of the ball. The guy that sticks out to you right away is Micah Parsons, he's probably the best player on that defense, other than Trayvon Diggs and Osa Digizua. He has a total of 17 tackles this year, 2.5 sacks. Three tackles for a loss, two pass deflections. No forced fumbles yet, but that will probably come later in the season. Osa Digizua, he's a defensive tackle. So far he has two sacks, seven quarterback pressures, seven QB hits. Going back to Parsons, I forgot to mention, 11 pressures and seven QB hits. So he likes to hit the quarterback, obviously. In terms of Odigizua, I already mentioned the quarterback hits and the pressures. But in terms of tackles for a loss, he has two. And that's pretty much it for his stat line. He also has 10 total tackles. Randy Gregory, who had four quarterback hits against Carolina, and that's all of the quarterback hits he's had this season. He hasn't gotten a quarterback hit in a couple weeks before the Carolina game. He didn't have one against the Buccaneers, he didn't have one against the Eagles. He got four quarterback hits against Sam Darnold. So, shout outs to him there. Two sacks, four pressures, four quarterback hits. And four total tackles. So I guess his snap count really hasn't been there. I'm going to make that conclusion. But let's go on with our daily lives. Terrell Basham. He's their, I would say, fourth leading sacker. One sack, two pressures, two quarterback hits. And a total of seven tackles. Now, obviously, they're not playing with Jalen Smith. He's in Green Bay. So Van Der Esch and mega Parsons are probably leading that linebacking core this week. They'll probably factor in a couple of the other linebackers they have. I don't know if Trubo Cox is on IR or any of the other guys, but just giving you guys a heads up. With that being said, the only player I look to in the secondary is Trayvon Diggs. He's had five interceptions in four games, and this is not, oh, he had three interceptions in one and zero in the other. No. He had two interceptions in week one, I believe. One 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 so he knows how to play some football and let's go to the stats four games obviously he's allowed a total of 26 targets well he's been targeted 26 times he's allowed 12 completions on 26 targets 46.2 completion percentages is brought to you by pro football reference 171 yards 14.3 yards per completion so that's very high in my opinion 6.6 6.6 yards per target, though. No touchdowns and a 28.4 passer rating. So that's very good. That's very good. He also had 13 tackles on the air. So let's move into questions to answer. And I think this is one, as in this podcast, is actually going shorter than I imagined. But it's good for you guys. Not seven hours long. About 30, 35 minutes, maybe. We'll see. Anyway, questions to answer. I do five for the offense, five for the defense. Will Jason Garrett let Danny free like he did last week in New Orleans that's going to be a big factor in this game not just oh this this and this or running the football it has to be letting Danny go free you gotta let him target Galladay more and I understand the aspect always gotta spread the ball but this is basically the same offense as last week no Shepard no Slayton and other than Trayvon Diggs who are you scared of a corner Anthony Brown, he has been great this year. Jordan Lewis, I don't think he's been the greatest either. They also have a couple of the rookies they factor in there. I think Nasson Wright plays a couple of snaps, and the rest of that room is the rest of that room. I mean, I don't know the names off my top, uh, the top of my head, but other than Trayvon Diggs, you have to attack that secondary. You have to attack guys like Anthony Brown. They play a lot of man coverage, so Kadarius Tony needs to factor in is the Sterling Shepard factor of crossing routes over the middle screens you know going left and right as he said in the press conference to i think it was art Stableton or one of the other guys he said you know it's just simple when the guy goes left i gotta go right <laughs> he's a he's a character he's a character all right but he needs to be factored in he needs to be factored in so does god they need to attack that defense it's not good in the passing game it's 31st for a reason. It's not, oh, this stats are skewed and stuff like that. No, it's 31st for a reason. And I understand they've faced a couple of powerhouse offenses, but I don't know. I don't know. So, number two, if Shepard returns, how do him and Kadarius Tony share snaps? You already know that Sterling Shepard is out. So, Kadarius Tony, does he get uptick, or does he get about the same amount of targets and receptions as last week? He dropped one or two passes, which... Is normal for a rookie one of them could have been a 60 yard touchdown but he did make some other plays so it's not like oh he dropped one pass and then didn't contribute the rest of the game he contributed it all right so he needs to be factored in more than last week him john ross kenny galladay the main targets leave evan ingram out of there just i know he's sometimes good in dallas but just leave him out of there he's no use he drops passes he fumbles i don't know why the coaching staff trusts him anymore three can Saquon get going in the running game against the sixth best run defense it's gotta be a week for him we've given him that month we have it's what's today's date today's date is I know I'm doing this midstream but today's date is the ninth so it's about three-ish days away from when he started playing Giants fans were gonna give him that month we gave him the month so It's not just on him. It's on the offensive line as well. They need to run block better. But he needs to, you know, if you see a hole, you got to take it. And I understand you can flip-flop that because Saquon, the way he gets touchdowns in big plays is if the offensive line does not have a hole for him, he just zigzags and then shoots through a gap he sees. But also, sometimes when he zigzags too much, it could be a loss of one, but he turns it into a loss of five, so we'll see what happens with him this week, but I'm very proud of him, very proud of him in the step up he's made receiving game last week. That's how they need to factor him in as well, you know, going downfield, which is something that someone acknowledged that Jason Garrett and Pat Strummer really didn't do with him. They didn't factor him in as a receiver too much. But Seb Barkley on those screens, if you can match him up against a linebacker or a safety, please do that. And maybe they do put their number one corner on Saquon Barkley. Put all your fo- then that puts all your focus on Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney on the other side. So we'll see with that. But he needs to get going. He needs to get going. Uh, I don't know how the rushing defense is for the Rams, but we're already on the Cowboys. We're not on the Rams next week. We'll focus on that when we get to that. So, number four, who will score the first Giants touchdown? Will it be Devontae Booker, Kadarius Toney, or Kenny Galladay? Oof. I'm going to say Kenny this week. I'm confident in that. I understand Saquon, you know, they'll rush him in or will have some type of a screen for a touchdown. But I think Kenny's going to get it this week. I think Kadarius Toney will be a part of the offense. I think he will be a big part. And if he's not, I'll be disappointed. However, Kenny, I just see doing something, whether it be a weird slant route and yards after the catch like he did against the Saints, or a 50-50 ball that he beats Trayvon Diggs or Anthony Brown on. And that's how I see him getting a touchdown. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I have so much confidence in Kenny Galladay getting his first touchdown this week. And if he doesn't, once again, I'll I'll be disappointed because it's week five. It's not week two. Anyway, can the O-line contain Osadigizu and Micah Parsons? Two good guys. One on the interior, one on the exterior. From what I heard, and hopefully this is not a myth, so I haven't been giving you guys misinformation, Micah Parsons has been getting some edge snaps. And if he goes against Nate Solder, I'm not going to be happy. If he goes against Matt Parr, I will be very scared, but I... Think to some level he'll contain him. He'll contain Micah Parsons. If he faces Thomas and Thomas is healthy, fully healthy, he probably won't be. But if he's healthy enough where he can move and not give up a pressure every snap, then I'm fine with that. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. Defense. Can the defensive backfield contain Dallas's weapons? That's going to be a big one. That is going to be a huge part of the game. I think this is the defense's time to say, hey, listen, we're a good defense, or we're just a terrible defense last year was a fluke. That's what they're at right now. Because in New Orleans last week, not great of a job. They had their nooks and crannies against Atlanta. Week one was bad. Week two was bad. Patrick Graham needs to do a better job. We could not stop Alvin Kamara last week and Taysom some hill, and they weren't running for, all oh, 20 yards or... Fifty yards. No, Kamara was doing little three to five yard runs every play and the Giants had no answer. So find something, find a certain play, find a certain couple of plays and mix them in. But once again, that's going to be question number three, which I'll allude to in a couple of seconds. But they have to stop Dallas' weapons. And if James Bradbury balls out against Amari Cooper, okay. If Adoree Jackson balls out against... C.D. Lamb, he's in the slot. Okay. But who's going to take Dalton Schultz? Drew Peppers is out this week. So I'm honestly counting on either Radarius Williams or Julian Love. I don't see Logan Ryan covering a tight end. That would probably not be any good. So I'm probably going to think that Radarius or Julian Love will take Dalton Schultz this week. But they have to contain the weapons. And I understand, oh, this Dallas offense is not very good in the passing game or it's mid level tier. But in the past we've seen the Giants defense give up big points and big yards to teams that really don't have good passing defenses. So number two against the top ten O line, will this pass rush get home? I don't think they will, honestly. I think they'll get maybe one sack. They didn't even hit Jameis Winston last week and they had their center playing okay and their right guard who's been in there for like one or two games. Uh, and their left guard's a little bit overrated, in my opinion, in terms of pass protection. But with that being said, they never got to the quarterback. They need to put Carter Coughlin in there. I've been saying this for about two to three weeks now. If they're not getting home, put Coughlin in there. Put Roche in there. Put those guys in there. If they're not getting snaps, and then these guys are, but they're not getting any production, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It does not. Carter Coughlin, he showed a lot of good things last year. Definitely some bad but for a seventh round pick he wasn't bad so put in Carter Coughlin he has speed he can get to the quarterback I mean his pass rush moves aren't necessarily refined like Khalil Mack or some of these other guys across the league but he's probably better than some of the other guys we have O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter have not shown up Aziz Ojathori he got locked down last week against Ryan Ramchek. So you cannot get a pass rush like that. If you attack Terrence Steele, that's okay. Nobody's getting past Tyron Smith. And if someone does, good for them. I'll acknowledge that. Also, interior pressure is very much so key because Tyler Bitish is the weakest point of that offensive line. And Connor McGovern's playing at a high level, so is Zach Martin, but still. So number three, can the defense stop Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard? Pollard... We have all been saying, oh, well, he's the number one back. Zeke's not good. Zeke put on a show last week against Carolina. So I don't expect anything different. But Giants need to contain him. I don't care if it's five-yard runs, six-yard runs, and then it proves to be uh, 20-yard runs. They need to stop them in the run game. They need to stop them there. They can't just say, oh, we're going to let the defense bleed out. No. This team is very good in the run game last year. The passing game, they were mid-tier. I understand Dalvin Thomas is always gone, but these players have to step up. These players have to step up on a major level. Can't have Leonard Williams and Reggie Ragland doing everything. Everyone has to take a step up, and if not, the Giants are not winning this game. I'm sorry. And I don't have them winning this game, but once again, that's a little later on. Number four, who will be covering Dalton Schultz? I believe it will be either Julian Love... As I mentioned earlier, Rodarius Williams. I think it's going to be Julian Love because Rodarius Williams will likely have his eyes set on Cedric Wilson. Number five, who will cover Cedric Wilson? I've already just said it. Rodarius Williams. So, keys to win. Final topic before closing arguments. Number one, stop the run. That is the most important this week. The defense, I'm going to tell you right now, top two keys are on the defensive side of the ball. And I understand you have to play competitive on offense to stay in the game with the Dallas Cowboys but for the first two you gotta stop the run you gotta stop the run Zeke Elliott had a big game as I mentioned about 3,000 times during this podcast episode Tony Pollard is nothing to be scared of Tony Pollard is nothing to put down either those two guys could be one of the best duos in the league but I still have to see more in my opinion to form an actual opinion based on evidence and stuff like that but you have to stop the run Couldn't contain Alvin Kamara, had trouble against other guys in the past weeks. They have to stop the run. Maybe it was a fluke week where they just gave up 175 yards or something like that to Alvin Kamara. Maybe it was a fluke week. But they have to stop the run. If they don't stop the run, it's not going to be a good game for the Giants. And they do run the football a lot. It tells you a lot when you look at the pass rate for the Cowboys and it's 28th in the league. That shows that they run the football a lot. You know, they don't do, there's no middle between passing and running. There's no middle to that. So they obviously run the ball about 46, 47% of the time, which is probably one of the highest in the league. Anyway, number two, contain Dak and offensive weapons. Let me tell you something. If they don't get to the quarterback this week, it's going to be a long week. And not just, all oh, pressures. Because we've seen in the past, Dak feels some pressure, rolls out, Goes downfield, and he fires to a weapon. He fires to Amari Cooper. He fires to C.D. Lamb. He fires to some of these other guys that he has on his team. I mean, we saw what happened when the Giants started pressuring him in week 17, I think it was, in 2018. Every rollout would go to Blake Jarwin. Rolls out of the pocket, shoots it downfield. We had nobody to cover Blake Jarwin. That is the game where Blake Jarwin emerged as a tight end. Three touchdowns against a piss-poor Giants defense. So have to find a way to contain Dak, the offensive weapons. Amari Cooper is going to be facing James Bradbury. Dory Jackson will be facing C.D. Lamb. Rodarius Williams against Cedric Wilson. And then Dalton Schultz will likely be against Julian Love. So I am waiting to see what the product of that is this week. And I want to see what Julian Love has to offer in coverage. I'm not expecting a perfect game because likely Dalton Schultz is bigger and he has a height advantage probably but Julian Love they've been giving him more snaps over the last couple of weeks more than Jabril Peppers even when he wasn't injured so I want to see hey is this guy for real or is he just a backup safety is he a role player I don't know so number three keep moving the ball downfield mentioned it a thousand times before I'll mention again other than Trayvon Diggs who's on their defense in the back end Darian Thompson Donovan Wilson, if he's, in, if he's healthy. DeMonte Kazee. Eh. Eh. I'm not too scared of the back end of the Trayvon Diggs. However, if the Giants offense does not produce, then there's reason to be scared because Jason Garrett is holding them back and trying to win for the Cowboys. So, you got to keep moving the ball downfield. got to do what you did last week. If you could do that against a good defense, and don't tell me the Saints aren't a good defense. The Saints are a good defense. If you can't do that against a bad defense, how can you do that against a good defense? doesn't make sense. And they have to be aggressive, too. You can't be doing these, oh, fourth down and one at their uh, the Cowboys 20-yard line, and you're going to go for a field goal. That does not happen. If that does happen, however, the Giants will not win the football game. In terms of final predictions, I'm going to have the Dallas Cowboys winning by a score of 35-23. I think the Giants will do a good job moving the ball downfield, scoring points, getting their guys involved. However, the defense, in my opinion, will let up too many yards, will let up too many big plays, and that might be the Achilles heel for them. So that's it for me. If you guys haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications so you know when live stream pops, video drops. That's, of course, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Spotify, Podbean. Please follow the podcast. If you're on social media, Twitter, Mostly, Also, Instagram at Big Blue in the Bronx. Hopefully, the Giants get a win this Sunday. I'm picking them to lose, not on purpose to say, oh, I'm superstitious now that the Giants are going to win. Now, I pick them to lose. I honestly think they're going to lose this week. They might get a swift kick in the ass and a wake-up call. But once again, like I said earlier, this may be a tone setter for the rest of the season. This may be, well, the Saints game. Is that a fluke? Or is this team actually going to be good? And week one to three was a slow start for them. So we'll see. But peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool. Go Giants.